Chapter 11, Real Estate Contracts. Contract Law, page 188, talks about the basic elements of a valid contract, the things that we have to have for any contract to be valid. So these are, these are the elements that every contract must contain or it'll affect the validity of it. First of all, it has to be voluntary. Voluntary agreement between legally competent parties that would be legally would be legal age, uh, mentally ready, uh, not under duress, uh, supported by consideration. Consideration is kind of a legal uh, contraption, if you will. It's uh, like magic dust that helps support documents. So consideration means that in every contract, everybody's got to get something, everybody's got to give something. Okay, so you must, you must be receiving something in a consideration. Maybe it's a promise, maybe if it's love and affection, maybe it's something in measured monetary's worth, but consideration needs to be some element of every contract. Must be for a legal purpose. Express contracts are contracts that are expressed usually in writing, often by words, oral contracts, if you will. Implied contracts can be uh, created by the action of parties. Um, an example of an implied contract might be that you're standing by a, a street and you see a friend of yours, you wave to them, a yellow car pulls up and says, hey, where you're going? You tell the yellow, uh, the driver of the yellow car where you're going. He says, come on, I'll take you. He takes you there and drops you off and then asks you for money. Well, it turns out the driver of the yellow card was a cab driver. And you say, wait a minute, I didn't agree to paying you anything. You asked me where I was going. Well, that would be sort of an implied contract that uh, when you got in that cab, there was an implication that you were going to pay him for his, his activity or for his actions. A bilateral contract is one where both parties make promises and therefore both parties must uh, you know, uh, follow through with their promises or the party not doing so could be held in default. Now, the unilateral contract is only one party is making a promise. Therefore, only that party can, can be uh, uh, held accountable if there's a breach. Bilateral, <coughs> both parties have make promises, both parties must keep promises. Unilateral contract, <coughs> only one party makes a promise, only they have to keep it. Uh, we have executory contracts versus executed. It's a little of a technical deal, but you know, something you, sh you ought to know probably. Uh, an executory contract, uh, from the time we sign the contract until closing, it's executory. When it's closed, it's executed. All conditions, terms uh, of, of the contract have been met and finalized. An executed contract is sort of a finalized contract. Nothing more to be done by either party on it. So executory up until the part, uh, up, up until closing, then executed. Legal title remains with the seller during the term of the uh, executory contract. Uh, equitable title remains with the buyer during the time of the executory contract at the time of contract execution legal title is then conveyed to the buyer
mutual assent is very important to the, um, the making of a contract, the formation of a contract. Mutual assent, sometimes called the meeting of the minds, is achieved by a process called offer and acceptance. So one party makes an offer to the other and then the other party either accepts it or rejects the, the offer. Uh, once it's rejected, once the, par the offer is rejected, uh, it's, uh, it's then, uh, if you will, uh, of no consequence and uh, until another uh, counteroffer is made. And then a new counteroffer starts the process of offer and acceptance. So we have offer and acceptance. Seller is asks for $450,000. The offer, the offeree buyer, maybe the offer goes at, uh, comes back at an offer of four hundred and twenty thousand. So then the seller either accepts or rejects buyer's counter offer and sets up a new counter offer comes back at 435000 They agree to that, seller agrees to that, and we have a contract. They can accept or reject it. Let's say in this case they accept it. Um, consideration can be valuable consideration or good consideration. Lawful intent obviously means that the, pro the contract has to be for a legal purpose. Uh, contracts for an illegal purpose are void. Competent parties, page 191 we talk about uh, parties able to make a rational decision. Valid contracts has all the legal elements that both parties are now encumbered by. Avoid contract lacks one or more of the elements essential for contract formation. Therefore, there is no contract. An unenforceable contract is a contract where it may be even legal between the parties, but it's not enforceable. It's not enforceable because uh, perhaps maybe there is a state law, like we have a law called the statute of frauds, which says that even though a contract may be valid, a court might not hear a dispute because it's not in writing. So in Illinois, sales contracts and leases for more than a year must be in writing for a court to hear any dispute on the contract. Avoidable contract means that it has all the legal elements. However, it may be rescinded by one of the, by one of the parties if they're injured. And so we have to look and see the injured party why they would claim it voidable. Contracts can be terminated because of performance. Perhaps we assign our rights from one party to another. Novation is where we substitute a new contract in for an old one. Assignment is basically where we transfer, where we assign a new person versus a new contract. A breach of a contract, the remedies, if the buyer defaults, what can the seller do? If the buyer defaults, the seller can rescind the contract, just sort of cancel it. They can sue for liquidated damages. 
They can sue for additional damages, sometimes called compensatory damages. They can sue for specific performance where they can make the buyer do what he said he was going to do. They can make the buyer buy. If the seller is in default, what can the buyer do? Have his right of rescission, just cancel it, get his earnest money back, go away. They can sue for compensatory damages. They can also sue for specific performance, which means they can the buyer can for the seller the buyer can force the seller to sell. We can have partial performance of the contract, substantial performance of the contract. We can have the contract impossible to perform. Let's say, for instance, the, the property was destroyed by fire, so it would be an impossibility uh, for any, either party to perform the contract. Uh, we can terminate it by mutual agreement. We can ter terminate by operation of law, which would be uh, perhaps uh, uh, if there was eminent domain uh, that took the property, that would terminate it. A rescission of the contract. Uh, both parties agree to just uh, terminate it or cancel it. Uh, licensees in Illinois, real estate licensees, as far as completing contracts, uh, all they can do is use pre-printed contracts or they can fill in the uh, uh, factual information and of the contracts. They can cross off items on contracts, but they can't add lines on the contracts. They can add pre-printed writers, which are like mini little contracts, and fill in the blanks of writers if they want to. But that would be the extent to what a licensee can do uh, as, as far as completing contracts in a real estate transaction. Earnest money is important. It shows the earnestness of the buyer is willingness to be able to command the funds to complete the transaction. It also provides money to the seller if the buyer should default. The listing broker holds the earnest money in his earnest money accounts, escrow accounts. Earnest money rules are very strict. We'll be talking about them in uh, other subsequent chap chapters. The biggest thing about earnest money is that the listing broker who's holding earnest money cannot commingle his own personal monies and earnest monies together. Earnest monies must be kept in these separate escrow accounts, separate from the broker's operating money, operating account monies. Other kinds of contracts we'll, we'll see are option contracts, which gives the purchaser the right to buy the property within a certain period of time. Installment contracts, where the seller basically finances the buyer, buyer takes possession, buyer pays seller monthly payments for a period of time, and at the end of that installment period, the seller then uh, delivers a deed to the buyer, and the buyer delivers whatever additional monies to the seller that were agreed upon during the installment period. During the installment period, the buyer has equitable title. He won't get the legal title until he actually uh, pays the seller the full amount due on the installment contract, under the installment contract, and the seller conveys to him a deed. <laughs>